Finding which processes to automate and which technologies to provide for automation projects can be overwhelming. You know some of your competitors have installed automated guided vehicles, also known as AGVs, to automate material movement. But your company is probably more risk averse and wants proof that this will deliver the desired benefits. In this episode, you will learn about some things to consider as you develop plans to show that automating material movement is right for you. My guest today is Mark Longacre, who has worked in the automated guided vehicle industry for over 21 years. Mark has gained a thorough understanding of the market, the products, the enabling technology, customers' goals, and key trends. As JBT's Applications Engineering Manager, Mark coordinates all pre-sale engineering, including selecting vehicle types, quantities, and support equipment required to install and integrate JBT's AGV system successfully. In addition, Mark is active in AGV industry committees and is the current chairman of the Mobile Automation Group, also known as MAG, product council, and material handling industry. I'm Angela Weiser, your host of Automate This Podcast. Let's get started. Thank you for joining me today, Mark. What is the current state of the industrial mobile robot industry? Yeah, Angela, really right now, there's almost a frenzy around mobile automation. I mean, every time I open up an email or read a, read a magazine, a publication, you know, see results of a market study, you know, all those just detail this, this huge growth rate we're in. And the growth's really hit all the different market segments, the, the product segments that there are, you know, whether it's AGVs, AMRs, uh, AGCs, you know, and, and really every vertical market as well. Now, what I would consider the traditional vertical markets, you know, those those continue as good, good, stable markets, um, you know, and there's some new customers and, and new uh, applications that, that are being developed, and that's feeding this this growth rate. But then we, we have a whole group of, of kind of new suppliers and, and really new technology that, that are entering into, into mobile automation. And, and so that's really, really driving the, driving the growth as well. You know, we at JBT participate in a couple of different market studies, and, and it's very clear in looking at the results of those market studies that, you know, this growth is just unprecedented. Uh, which vertical markets are just getting into the mobile, uh, mobile robot automation? Yeah, so the, the ones that are experiencing the highest growth are, are kind of these, these new markets. And uh, those really all involve some, some form of, of warehousing, uh, warehousing and distribution. And it really started out, say, the end-of-line type applications at the end of a manufacturing line where you're doing some, some warehouse storage. But, but now it's really hitting in, in the, the pure warehouses and distribution centers, um, you know, cold storage, the 3PL, third-party logistics um, you know, storage companies. I mean, all of those are getting into the the mobile automation uh, applications now, and and yeah, really high growth in those areas. Oh, okay. Um, well, what are some of the factors that are contributing to the growth? Yeah, I'd say right now we just we, we have actually like a perfect storm uh, involving both labor and technology. You, you know, every every industry across across the the world really is having these labor shortages. Um, you know, these aren't highly regarded positions. A lot of, you know, the ones we're automating are, 
are, you know, driving around in manual forklifts and, and companies really want to strengthen those, their supply chains. You know, the, the, the pandemic, you know, uh, showed, showed companies how weak their supply chains were. That is, if a lot of employees called out, you know, they couldn't move product and, and they couldn't, couldn't operate in their warehouse. So any of those positions they can automate, you know, really, really creates a, a huge return for the, the companies. So, so that looks at it from the, the labor side. That, then on the technology side, you know, automation technology is just advancing at, at such a rapid pace, and, and it's really accelerated that, that technology advancement. Um, there's new sensors and software, and they can just do so much more, and that's driving the, the total cost of ownership down on these systems. So, you know, it, the material handling side, you know, moving products around, it's one of the last... I'll say battlefields that that companies are investing in. You know, they've already optimized their manufacturing processes, but but material movement isn't something they've really optimized, and that's what what companies are looking to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and we see companies that are well down the journey of this mobile automation. You know, some are at their second or third stages of deployment. Um, and, and they're starting to automate multiple facilities and uh, multiple areas within those facilities. And, you know, some companies are coming to us and just, just talking about, you know, an initial first program. And, and really, they're already five years behind the curve on this and, and need, need to catch up fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, are there ways for companies who are just starting their automation journey to reduce the level of risks associated with automation? Yeah, I, it, it's tough. Customers need to to really be be realistic at, at at where they are, and and they 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 need to step back and and really create a, a strategic vision of of where they want to be in three to five years. Um, you know, they I understand they they want to reduce risk, and and to do that, I think they need to divide that that vision of where they want to be in three to five years and divide that up into some, into some chunks that, you know, will, will be achievable so they can get towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on that, the size of that customer and, and the risk tolerance, because every, everyone's different, you know, that I, I would ask them to, you know, that, that first step, make it as big as you possibly can. Um, you know, try to automate a, a you know, a, a medium sized facility and, and fully automate at least, at least one process. Um, you know, the, the, the larger step you can take, the better off you're going to be in, uh, in speeding that, that whole, whole process. Yeah. Um, you know, e- each project has some unique characteristics. So you're going to learn in, in every step of the way. And, and it's hard to shortcut that learning, you know, definitely if you take, you know, smaller steps, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to reduce your risk. Uh, but, but then the, the benefits are going to be, are going to be less also. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's really a balance. Right. Uh, what are some common characteristics that you, you would say qualify your site to automate your material movement? Yeah, we, we try to focus on, on, projects that are, you know, really involve routine, say repetitive uh, movements of, of products in a, in a facility. Um, we always want real stable loads. If, if, if the loads that we're moving around aren't very stable, you know, if they're, they're um, 
you know, can, can topple or, or get upset. Those are very difficult to automate because it's hard for us to determine, you know, when those, when those loads have become unstable. Mm -hmm. um, we also try to try to focus on what, what I would call like, I don't know, medium throughput, um, a, a super high throughput where there's, you know, hundreds of, of pallets an hour or, or, you know, a minute, um, you know, those are going to be conveyor applications. We're, we're, we're not going to be able to keep up. We'd have, you know, gridlock of vehicles trying to, yeah. trying to do, do that work. But if it's real slow, if there's only one, one pallet a day or something like that, that doesn't make sense to automate right. either. So you're looking for those medium, medium ones, maybe 10 to 15 pallets per hour per vehicle, you know, maybe, uh, four to six minutes per permission per per vehicle so can a potential user try out automation to make sure it will work in their facility uh, you know for for sure you can i guess it it gets down to how you how you define try out um you know i guess i guess everyone does it, it you know again it, it's it goes to your definition of try out you know a customer needs to be comfortable um you know that they're taking accept acceptable level of of risk in in this in this trial but again as i said before we we want them to take as big a step as they're they're comfortable with mm. in, in automation right and, and, and try not to just just try one one vehicle or you know just say one lane in a in a warehouse okay so what would you say like what level is the test is is the testing one entire facility or Testing one day with one product. Yeah. Again, the larger and the more involved the test, I think the more the customer's going to learn and the farther ahead then they'll be once they're done with that test on their journey of, of achieving their strategic goals and, and getting to, to, you know, automate their facility. You know, the, the small tests are going to give you some feedback and you might get that a little more frequently, but again, it's going to extend the overall you know, automation schedule and, and, and also extend your costs because, you know, you're going to have to undo some of that, that installation you, you work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's really difficult to uh, design these small scale tests that are, you know, and, and, and you really, you really don't learn that that much in those small scale tests. Yeah, it may do great in the small scale, but it, you know, as you, as you ramp up, it, it, it may not behave the same. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's really best, you know, to do uh, some type of, you know, of larger scale pilot rather than doing a, a demo, mm -hmm. um, you know, just, just like a demo of a vehicle. Um, Okay, so when you say large and involved, what, what does that what does that look like? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, in in warehouse applications, I mean, the more aisles you can test, um, you know, the better off you're going to be. And in, in you know manufacturing, it would be you know the more different materials you handle, also the the better off you're going to be. And you know the the longer time you you know you're going to want to want to see some of that variation in in product because you're going to have to handle that and, and in a real short-term test you might not see that so it, it really it really boils down to you know how long is the test going to be is it you know is it one day or are you going to look for six months because we're, we're going to design a a system much differently if it's if it's going to be one day or or if it's going to be six months mm -hmm. and uh an, another question you know offshoot of that would be is you know is are you going to have your um, you know your supplier 
available for the whole test? You know, are they going to be on site for the whole test or are they, you know, not going to be on site? Cause that's going to drive, you know, the training of personnel, you know, are they going to have to uh, recover vehicles and, and things like that? Mm. So it, it does get, get, you know, very involved. The next question is how are we even going to, going to generate these material movement? We, we call them orders, you know, these requests for material movement. Are you just going to manually create those or are we going to fully integrate the system? You know, again, the longer the test, the more integrated, the more we're getting to what, what we'd call, you know, a real, a real pilot system and, and not say a, a really small scale, scale demo, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a pretty complex system. I mean, it can, you know, if, if you're, you're trying to pilot or do a test, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, the cost approach, a real system can be approached $300,000 or more. Yeah. So it wow. can be expensive. Yeah. Um, well, if testing automation is an absolute requirement for a prospective customer, what would you suggest? Yeah, I, I, I think the uh, really the most important thing are, are to, to sit down and establish what your goals are for the desk um, and, and, and not just, you know, what, what the goals are, but what defines success for, for you. Um, you know, what pieces must you test? Must you test the safety systems? Must you test the integration? You know, what, where, where are the, where are the, what are the pieces? What are the, what are the must haves and what are the nice to haves? Um, cause, cause each of those can drive, drive some cost. You know, are you, are you worried about, you know, the automated system being able to pick up the loads or, or move the loads, uh, smoothly, or, or yeah, you know, back to safety. Are you trying to trying to prove out safety? Really, what's your goal? And then you can try to design as small a scale test as possible to to achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing you're going to have to look at is how much you're you're willing to pay for this 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 test. Also, sure. that's that's the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what would you say some of the challenges are of doing a test on on a small scale system? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think the biggest challenge is, is to, yeah, d- design the test to, you know, prove your goals, but, but for a reasonable cost, and, and really, those are, are typically going to be the two sides of the equation that we, that we need to balance, and, uh, you know, for, for every additional functionality we have in the test, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna increase the amount of, the amount of cost. So those are the those are the pieces we're going to, you know, and the, and the complexity. So those are the pieces we're going to have to have to sort out. Certainly sounds like there are lots of factors to consider. So what's the one final point you would like to make for potential customers wanting to install demo system? Yeah, re- really to, to, to summarize, I, I think if a customer really feels they absolutely have to do a demo, uh, it's, it's to go, go as detailed as you can in that demo and, 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 uh, you know, try to make it as realistic as possible. Just bringing in a vehicle to, to pick up a load and put it down a load isn't really going to reduce your risk at all. So, so try to go as, as far as you can into, into, you know, uh, putting that vehicle in use to do real work for you. And, and really what that's going to mean is, is it's going to be more and more like a real system. So, it's going to cost a little more, but you're going to learn a little more, too. 
Well, I want to thank you for your time and for joining us today. Um, I want to let our audience know that you'll be our guests on the next podcast, that, and we'll be talking about uh, the differences between AGVs, AMRs, and ABCs, as there seems to be a lot of misunderstanding and confusion between the three. So I look forward to speaking with you again, Mark. And okay. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. That is all for our episode in today's Automate This podcast. Thank you.